It's uncovered. It's Wednesday. I'm Anthony Davis. He is Ron Filipkowski, uh, the editor of MidasTouch.com and former federal prosecutor and lawyer and now all-knowing, all-seeing and all-hearing MAGA hunter <laughs> as, we, as we expose the MAGA propaganda that is not uncovered by the mainstream media. Uh, Ron, we've got a lot to talk about today, a lot to get through. Obviously, I want to talk about Trump's trading cards a little bit later and Taylor Swift and... Elon Musk and Ron DeSantis, well, mainly his wife, who seems to be running the campaign now. So all that to come. But first, the breaking news today is that um, Hunter Biden appeared outside the Capitol building. He gave his reasons why he would not submit to a closed-door deposition with James Comer's Star Chamber Committee. Um, I think his attorney offered weeks ago to have him testify before the full committee in an open hearing before the American public. Um, but... James Comer did not want that. Should we have a quick look at this video of, of this statement earlier? It was, it was actually very moving to kind of see Hunter Biden and to hear his voice really for the first time. Here he is. I'm here today to make sure that the House Committee's illegitimate investigations of my family do not proceed on distortions, manipulated evidence and lies. And I'm here today to acknowledge that I've made mistakes in my life and wasted opportunities and privileges I was afforded. For that, I'm responsible. For that, I'm accountable. And for that, I'm making amends. But I'm also here today to correct how the MAGA right has portrayed me for their political purposes. I am first and foremost a son, a father, a brother, and a husband from a loving and supportive family. I'm proud to have earned degrees from Georgetown University and Yale Law School. I'm proud of my legal career and business career. I'm proud of my time serving on a dozen different boards of directors. And I'm proud of my efforts to forge global business relationships. For six years, MAGA Republicans, including members of the House committees who are in a closed-door session right now, have impugned my character, invaded my privacy, attacked my wife, my children, my family, and my friends. They have ridiculed my struggle with addiction, they have belittled my recovery, and they have tried to dehumanize me all to embarrass and damage my father, who has devoted his entire public life to service. For six years, I have been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine, shouting, where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I am here. Very moving, actually. What did you make of that, Ron Filipkowski? Lot to unpack. You know, there's there's three parts to what you just played, but there's another part that is the part that the Republicans are latching on to. So the first part was uh, where he acknowledged that he did a lot of bad things, you know, and he's responsible. That, I think, was very important for him to say because for a good bit, there has been a lot of Democrats who have said, you know, Hunter did nothing wrong and 
that's not the case, as I've said before, and he acknowledges that. So that that is important. Number two, the second part of that statement um, was talking about the fact answering the Republican charges that he has no skills. He has no value as a business person, that everything he was doing was just a scam. Yeah. And, you know, he he wasn't didn't really have a career. So he addressed that. The fact that he has law degrees, the fact that he has successful businesses, this and that. That that answered that argument. And then the third part, you know, you see the part where he got choked up. And I think that it's something that I always wondered, which is Hunter clearly knows what he's putting his dad through with all of this, that the that they're using all of the stuff that he did during those dark three or four years when he descended into madness against his father and to hurt his father and to hurt the country uh, by by putting his father's the presidency in jeopardy. And he knows that he's responsible for that. So I think that that's why he choked up was he he understands that he's he's doing this to his dad and, and he feels bad about that. So I think that that was important for him to say as well. The fourth part that wasn't on that clip, which is the part that Republicans are now latching on to and making a big deal out of, is one word in this statement where Hunter said, my father, he was talking, the fourth part of the statement was him saying, my dad has nothing to do with my businesses. He had nothing, didn't get involved. But what the line that he said was, he said, my dad was not financially involved in my businesses. It's the word financially that Republicans are now, Jim Jordan and others are now making a big deal out of. What they're saying is, well, he said he wasn't financially involved, but he could have been involved in other ways. Well, the whole basis of this impeachment is claiming that Joe Biden got bribed. So yeah, financial crime, you know, yeah, that is financial. So but but that, you know, they got to find something to set their next narrative. And that's what they've latched on to. What are the consequences of Hunter Biden defying the subpoena to actually testify in a closed door hearing? Well, you know, some of the Republicans were saying immediately, you know, we have to have a, this up for a vote right away to hold him in contempt. But but I think that, you know, it really has to go through the Judiciary Committee first. They have to convene. They have to vote, send it to the floor. And the other problem is, you know, they got one more day left in session before they're they're supposedly going to recess for Christmas. And, you know, they're voting later today or tonight on in, the impeachment inquiry. So they've yeah. got to still do that. So. Uh, I don't know. They're going to have to bring it to the floor. The question is, are they going to be able to get all the votes, not only for the impeachment inquiry, but for for Hunter's contempt proceeding? I, I, I question that. You know, I question whether they have all the votes for that. And remember, they have to they their majority is only two two votes now. So they they have to have pretty much everybody vote for this. And then even if that passes, it has to go to DOJ as a referral. They have to decide whether to prosecute. A special counsel would have to be appointed because he's a son of the president. So, you know, that's still a long ways off from happening. I, I found it very moving. I genuinely have never actually heard his voice before. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's like he's obviously not a public figure particularly. He's not, you know, he doesn't have a job in the White House like Jared Kushner had. He he, he is so separate from the presidency and yet he has been hauled in because there's nothing on Joe. So because there's some stains on Hunter, they they want to abuse those. And, and, and to hear the humanity in his voice 
And, you know, you and I have come to blows about this a little bit because you, you don't have as much sympathy for addicts as I, as I do. But I recognize... No, I, I do. I just don't excuse all their wrongdoing because right. of it. Right, but it yeah. you know it's a disease. I work with addicts every day. Understood, so, yeah, and yeah. it's a it's a disease. And as you said, he had a very difficult three or four years, and right. they're very much focusing on on that, which is which lacks all humanity anyway to kind of to do that to people. And you know, as I've said to you, I still find it weird that even we criticize Ron DeSantis for his physicality rather than his just his policies. And yeah. and it is a uniquely American thing to just tear people a new one. It's very sad. Yeah. So let's talk about that, the optics of it, because that was also interesting as well. Yeah. First of all, when you talk about not hearing him speak, he doesn't have any teeth. Okay. He lost all of his teeth because of his most likely meth addiction. Right. And so those are those are all veneers or dentures or whatever they are. He doesn't have teeth. Uh, so so you notice is he has a lisp there and that's what it's from. Um, but secondly, you know, he kept the de- he kept the Republicans guessing. Nobody really knew exactly what he was going to do this morning because yeah. I was following Comer and Jordan and others and Democrats. I mean, you had uh, you had Democrats that were actually sitting in the deposition room, not knowing, you know, if Hunter was going to show up and. So what does he do when he he rolls up very quickly? He goes to the Senate side of the building. Obviously, you know, his people alerted some media who was there. You know, he gets out, he reads his statement, he jumps in his car and leaves. Well, why does he do that? Because he knows had they had he given any advance notice, you would have had Marjorie Taylor Greene out there, right. Bobert out there yeah. yelling, heckling, you know, right wing trolls. So it was very smart of him to do it the way he did. He came to the Capitol. He, you know, he went to the other side of the building, read his statement and left. So and that frustrated the Republicans as well, that they weren't able to basically get at him physically yeah. and, and harass him yeah. because of the way he did it. So he was there. I mean, this is the point that he makes at the end of that clip, right? He is here. Here I am. Let's look at how James Comer reacted this morning. But uh, certainly looking forward to the deposition. And, you know, the, the president's son's attorney has said that they've been wanting to set the record straight. So they're going to have an opportunity tomorrow to, to set the record trade. If we're misinterpreting these bank statements that show millions of dollars of wires going from our enemies around the world into the Biden shell companies then being laundered into the Biden family members' back pockets, then he can set the record straight. That was yesterday morning, my mistake. Last Let, night, yeah. Let's, let's just talk for a second about this idea that, you know, money coming from our foes. Well... You know, America and American businesses do business with, with China all the time, right? They do business with Saudi Arabia all the time. In fact, Saudi buy arms from the U.S. and one of the biggest customers. The, the, the point is that, you know, just because there is transference of, of fin- finances does not mean that it's coming from the governments of those countries. And that's what the Republicans have kind of claimed, that, you know, this is money that has come from the Chinese government. Well, in that case, then, you know, Steve Bannon, you know, is also guilty of the same. I mean, he's gotten money from a Chinese businessman. And this is not, you know, Hunter didn't get any money from the Chinese government. Yeah. He he was paid consulting fees by a couple of businesses in China, just the same as Steve Bannon has been paid by a Chinese billionaire. So, I mean, look, I mean, that's like saying you go into Walmart and you buy something made in China that you're owned by the Chinese government, you know? 
and, and so it, it's just it's just a ridiculous uh, argument to make. But, but it is working. The brainwashing working. of that, those the linguistics of that are permeating sure. into the psyche of Republican voters. Well, and that's what he knows. I mean, you see there Comer is giving that interview to OAN. Yeah. And, you know, he gets when he goes on Newsmax and OAN, he gets no pushback. I mean, they, nobody challenges anything he says. I've watched a million Comer interviews, you know, and what was telling was what he said last night about Fox, which was, you know, they asked him, well, how come you haven't gone on Fox in a while? And number one, I think Fox is a little gun shy about getting sued lately. <laughs> and number two, you know, what he said was, he says, well, you know, that guy, Steve Ducey on Fox and Friends, you know, you know, he doesn't like me. He always asks, you know, tough questions. You know, if you're afraid of Steve Ducey, who's like the most mild mannered Republican pro Trump guy, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, there's no way that he's going to be able to go on a normal network show and be, be questioned every time he does. He comes off looking like a fool, like he did with Jake Tapper on Sunday. It, it's so interesting, isn't it, how they, you know, for so long saw Fox as, as on their team and then suddenly, you know, a slight adjustment. Obviously, I think a lot changed after the trial with the Dominion voting system. Exactly. Right. That You're was exactly the point. right. That was the point at which Fox editorial team, if they even have one, <laughs> made a decision that actually we need to be a little more careful. Um, let's talk about Rudy Giuliani, because, I mean, as we speak, he is in and out of the courtroom, isn't he? And, and the irony of, of, of his ridiculous behavior, let's just remind people that he, you know, he defamed Ruby Freeman and, 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 and Shai Moss. Looks like he might have done it again outside of the courtroom. Uh, and, you know, this is a guy who claims to be a, a lawyer and is, a, is an expert and yet seems to just land himself in it. I've, I've followed this trial very closely and, you know, it's it's so infuriating you know you want to i sometimes want to laugh at rudy because he's such a clown but then you hear this testimony and, and you hear what exactly what he did and and i wish everyone in america could hear this testimony but unfortunately yeah. you know it's a closed courtroom but i've followed along with at least a half a dozen reporters that are in there live tweeting and you know it's just repulsive what he did just you know the whole thing started with a gateway pundit story claiming that you know these two women you know, did switch were switching ballots because of a water main break. It was completely made up. And, you know, Rudy and Trump just grabbed it and ran with it. And um, because they're racist, ultimately, I mean, they, yeah, they, I mean, they 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 thought uh, they could Shea get Moss away with testified it. that he was racist. You know, for one thing, what Shea Moss testified is one of the victims. You know, she said, well, Rudy just Rudy compared her and her mom to drug dealers and ro armed robbers and also uh, said that they must be Democrats. And what she says is, well, he's just assuming I'm Democrat because I'm a black woman. Yeah. He's like, I know she's like, I know black women who are Trump supporters. How does she, how does he know I'm a, um, I'm a Democrat? You know, so so I think that that points out the racist part of it. But what Rudy got into hot water for was this. He's already lost this case. This is just about damages. It's just about how much he has to pay. And by the way, his lawyer argued today, you know, well, why, you know, he said, well, why can't you, why can't you ladies get another job? What's the problem? You're not really looking for work. And then he said, well, you know, why do you really care about having to spend money to clean up your reputation publicly when you're not even a famous person? So what, what does it matter to you if your reputation is trashed? You're not famous anyway. I mean, very condescending, nasty yeah. 
lawyering on his part. Yeah. But what Rudy got in trouble for was his lawyer in opening statement stood up in front of the jury on the first day and said, oh, we're not saying that they're liars. We're not saying that that they're bad people. Moss and Freeman are good people. We're just saying that they shouldn't get as much as what they're asking for. And then Rudy goes out and calls them liars, <laughs> you know, five minutes later. So cla that's classic Rudy. And, and the judge was not happy about that. Do, does Rudy actually believe that they did some ballot stuffing or something? I mean, does no, he I actually don't think so. believe that? Or is he just nope. playing along? I think it's a game for him. Yeah. It's a big joke. I mean, the fact that he what he did to these to these women. I mean, um, Shay Moss talked about changing her hairstyle, coloring her hair. She said she 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 finally had to quit her job with the elections office because she was just taking so much heat. Ugh. And she went to go for an interview at Chick-fil-A and the manager spun his laptop around and showed her face that said, fraud across her forehead it was from some right-wing site and said is this true did you really rig the election did you steal the election from trump this is in a job interview so the, these women have been through hell and um and you know listening to the testimony of them and as we're talking right here ruby freeman is testifying against rudy you know it just it just makes you really upset and i have no doubt that rudy giuliani and donald trump their attitude towards these people, mother and daughter, is because they're black, they're not going to fight back. You know, that the, the white man has the upper hand and that the courts will, 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 you know, look down on the black people and support the white men. I mean, that that must be part of their thinking. Well, and, the, and they also said the reason why they arranged for Kanye West publicist and a black pastor to go talk to them was because that they thought they would be more willing to talk to black people than white people. So, I mean, you know, the racism is yeah. very prevalent through this. And you're right. But here's what happened. These women got a one of the most powerful, most expensive law firms in the country to take their case pro bono yeah. on a contingency. Yeah. And they've got six lawyers in there on their team. For these two black women with no money from Georgia have six of the most expensive lawyers in their country. And Rudy has a knucklehead representing him, yeah. which is which is so perfect that one of the, you know, a wealthy, powerful former politician has a hack lawyer. Yeah. And these two black women from Georgia who have no money have the best representation in the country. Yeah, well, because I think that, you know, the the stain of injustice is is presenting itself so much now in around this kind of MAGA movement that there are lawyers who are smart and they recognize that people are being subjected to the most terrible abuse and they can't help themselves. We had the same in the UK with um, uh, Michael Mansfield, one of the great kind of British lawyers, barristers. He would take cases from the poorest people and he was, you know, one of the most respected and highest paid, paid barristers. And, and he became famous for supporting some of the, the, the most um, compromised uh, defendants. And I, I find it very moving because that's what the criminal justice system should be about. You know, if, if, you, if, you, are, if you are down on your luck and you're being abused by the, the, the likes of Giuliani, you should have access to the very best lawyers and it shouldn't cost you a penny. And the expert witness that they that they called to testify about tracking the online 
threats yeah. is the same one that testified against Alex Jones in the Sandy Hook case. So, right. yes, there are groups of people now that seem to be forming lawyers, experts, all of that, who are prepared to take these defamation cases and go after these reckless right wingers who smear people. And that's a that's a very good thing. And and you're right. I mean, the message that it's sending to p- people like Fox yeah. is you better think twice. Fox now cuts away from Donald Trump's speeches when he starts talking about election fraud. They yeah. cut away from the speech, which infuriates <laughs> their audience. Because of but how they're much so it scared. costs them. They haven't got enough money to keep, to keep paying out. That's right. Um, it's, yeah. I mean, I just feel like it's got to a point now where the clown show, you know, we talk about it as a clown show, but every day now, there is just more crazy stuff. And I'm going to talk about the Supreme Court in just a moment. But let's talk about Kate Cox, the 31-year-old mother of two who recently sued the state of Texas for the right to terminate her fatal non-viable pregnancy. She um, fled Texas to receive an abortion, according to her her lawyers at the Center for Reproductive Rights. Um, She won the judicial restraining order to receive the needed procedure. Texas appealed the decision to the state Supreme Court. They halted the judge's ruling and then... Ken Paxton, the disgraced Texas attorney general, threatened any doctor who performed the abortion with felony charges, even though an abortion was necessary to save her fertility or even her life. I mean, this if this is not a test of the insanity of Republicans, but more importantly, Republican men controlling women, it is all about control and it is not going to stop here, is it? You know, the 10, 11 year old girl who was raped and had to travel for the abortion right before the midterms really hurt Republicans in the midterms. And it's only getting worse for them politically because Kate is not Cox is not going to be the last that this is going to happen to before the next election. And they are going to feel the wrath, the wrath of especially women voters, all voters. But I think especially women, because you see. The exceptions was their strategy, you know, to emphasize the exceptions. And Donald Trump has been preaching this over and over again to his candidates, which is, look, they're the dog who caught the car on abortion. Okay, they they always you know, they claim they were pro-life, but they never really, I think, thought through how this was going to work for them politically at the ballot. I think they they definitely did not anticipate this kind of a backlash. Okay. And so, you know, they placate and and you have, you have to realize too, like a lot of these Republican politicians, they're not really pro-life, you know, some, most of them are, but not all of them. They just pretend to be pro-life. They really don't care one way or the other. Uh, But now this issue is just boomeranged on them. So what they, what they tried to do to deal with the backlash is say, okay, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not, we're, we're for exceptions and we're for, heartbeat or six weeks or 12 weeks but so that so this is what they use for a while to try and calm people down but now what we're seeing is in practice these exceptions do not work you can't get them approved they're too difficult to approve what do you you have to go to some prosecutor some republican lawyer and prove that you're not viable or your health is at risk that's cumbersome it's expensive it's time consuming um the exceptions just don't work in practice. And so here's our first example of an exception that didn't work. Uh, and so 
this is really going to undercut Trump's whole argument and other Republicans' argument to voters, which is, hey, hey, don't worry, we've got these exceptions in place. Well, who's who's able to take advantage of the exceptions? Yeah. And this is going to this is going to kill them in 2024. Kate Cox should be in thousands of commercials. She should be in 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 Democratic candidates commercials all over the country. Well, let, let's get her, her through the procedure first. <laughs> well, I don't. I, I just mean you can use. Just I know. I understand. Base, I know? understand. But yeah. I, I think so much, having been through, you know, quite a kind of traumatic uh, situation, similar situation in my own family, that you know the emotional toll on not just women but the partners of the women and the associated family is utterly devastating in these situations, these, these late-term abortions that are necessary due to complications or because the pregnancy is not viable. And in the case of my own child that never turned out to, you know, be born, had Patel syndrome, you know, worse than Downs, worse than Edwards, one of the, you know, very, very serious. And, and you know, you go through a lot because of this. But also, the other thing I wanted to mention, because I've been reading up a lot on this Heartbeat Act and what they've been, you know, the Republicans pushing this kind of heartbeat thing. There is no heartbeat. They have now using the most sensitive equipment to find electrical activity in the group of cells that will one day become a heart. And again, this is just abusing the rights of, of women and of families who are making choices for themselves. And it is, you know, even the branding of pro-life, you know, we've talked about this before, Ron, it, it is anything but pro-life. Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, I'm just talking about the politics of it because I'm not a doctor, I'm not a woman, you know, yeah. so I, and, and I haven't been through that experience. So, yeah. you know, I just, I'm just looking at it from the angle of at the ballot box. I think there's going to be a big backlash, even in states like Texas, yeah. uh, you know, Ted Cruz has got to be, I mean, he's, he's probably, you know, pretty invulnerable. He's going to win, but yeah. he's got to be a little concerned about this when he was well, he's asked, laying low, isn't he? Well, yeah, him and John Cornyn, the two senators from Texas were asked their opinion on this and they ran away from the reporters. <laughs> Neither yeah. one refused to both refused to answer the question. Yeah. They won't even mention this woman no. because they're terrified of this situation. What about what about if this gets, you know, as the, you know, we're, the, the Supreme Court's announced that they're going to hear two kind of cases, landmark cases, first cases that have been heard on abortion since Roe v. Wade was overturned. One on these kind of, uh, you know, oral abortion pill. Yeah. I mean, how do you think that's going to play out? Because, you know, let's be clear, the, the Supreme Court is a Republican court. I, I think they're going to be bending over backwards to not want to make any decision one way or the other on this and and defer to the states right. that seems to be the whole thrust of the dobbs opinion which is we want the states to decide all of these things so i think they're going to probably fashion an opinion that's going to let the states do what they want on on the abortion pill and yeah. you know that's going to make it even worse for republicans yeah politically uh you know they they politically they need some to, to roll this back in a way that doesn't infuriate their base because that's their other problem their base is very pro-life for the most part and so these republicans understand that this issue is killing them is killing them at the ballot box but they can't really 
backpedal from it because their their own voters want this. Yeah, it's it's so interesting, isn't it? How divisive this is, and yet when it comes to November twenty twenty four, this is going to be you know as it was in the midterms. This is going to be the thing that really. I mean, it could, you know, it, it could, if we spin the conversation, it could be like a landslide for the Democrats because people are given a very binary choice. You're choosing dictatorship versus democracy, but you're also choosing women's right to choose versus men controlling women and giving them no rights. I mean, you know, you can add a few other things to that list as well. I mean, th- this potentially, as the story evolves because there's going to, as you said, there's going to be plenty more stories of individuals like Kate Cox between now, you know, 11 months is a long time. I was thinking that about the war, Ron. I was thinking how the war is going to change. You know, obviously at the moment there's rhetoric that, oh, you know, it's not looking good for Biden because of the war in Ukraine Um, and sorry, and in, in Gaza. But 11 months, you know, anything could happen between now and November. Yeah, I mean, that at least the the hot war part of that could be over in a few weeks uh, yeah. in Israel, yeah. you know, so uh, Gaza. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the other thing is Donald Trump has not been pinned down on this question, right. the abortion question. You know, I mean, he really hasn't because he, he, you know, right. The right wing shows they're not going to ask him about it. No. They, you know, they leave him alone because he doesn't yeah. want to talk about it because he completely understands that this is a bad thing. And he's not pro he's not pro life or pro forced birth. He's pro-choice. He doesn't care about yeah. abortion. Never yeah. has. Yeah. But he's got to pretend that he does for the evangelicals. So so he's trying to figure out a way to hang on to the evangelicals who are already starting to kind of move away from him a little bit and and uh you know trying trying to get that middle and trying not to lose women. And and so he's in this conundrum and he he doesn't really want to talk about it. What he tells Republican candidates is not to talk about it. He yeah. tells them every time the subject of abortion gets brought up, talk about, you know, how Democrats want to kill babies after they're born or yeah. in the ninth month. Yeah. That's his default. But if he ever gets interviewed by somebody who's going to check him on that, he's in big trouble because he doesn't have anything else to say. There is that clip that went viral that we have put out a few times where he takes ownership of overturning Roe versus Wade, which is very important but also the clip where he says, yes, I do think women should be punished in some way for seeking an abortion. That was a mistake by him. And I think, isn't that an old clip? Yeah. I I think that was a clip before Roe was overturned, which is the example of the dog that caught the car. They all said that stuff before Roe was overturned because it was easy to say that stuff. It's like throwing red meat to your base voters. But now that Roe is overturned, they don't say that stuff anymore because it's sui- political suicide. Yeah, you know, so so he doesn't he doesn't say those things anymore. But yeah, you're right. You got to use clips like that against him. It's their inconsistency that will end up costing them the election, and the fact that you know we bring the receipts, and you know you can't escape those kind of clips if you get them into the right hands. Let's just talk quickly about Ken Paxton um, uh, and just kind of explain what you think the fallout's going to be for him. Well, I think he's going to get a he's he's getting going to get a lot of heat from Republicans around the country. Yeah. No, never mind Democrats. You know, he's got he's probably got Republican candidates all over the country saying, "What the hell are you doing? Why didn't you just let this woman have her procedure 
which clearly she qualified for. And this would have gone away for us. Right. This, you know, this would have, nobody would have talked about it. But, you know, his obstinance, his obnoxiousness, his hatred of women and his hostility to women, you know, is going to kill, is going to kill them. So I, I think that really, and the other problem is Paxton is very close to Trump and is very much a Trump loyalist and, and they're, they're together all the time. Uh, so, you know, they, they appear together at different events. And, and so, you know, Trump is probably calling him going, what the hell are you doing to me right now? You're killing me, you know, cause Paxton's safe. He just got reelected, um, two years ago. So he's not going anywhere except for he's under federal indictment for fraud. But other than that, he's not going anywhere. So he doesn't care. He's not for reelection for a while, but he's hurting, he's hurting Republicans around the country and Donald Trump. This hatred of women, it goes beyond faith, doesn't it? And, and, and religion. It, it, it's, it's become like a kind of personal crusade of, of kind of machismo Republican men. Yeah, when I say hatred of women, I mean hatred of women's rights. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. They yeah, they, well, I, they love women, but they they don't want them talking or ha- having independence or free working <laughs> jobs. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, we Ken Paxson just went through an impeachment for, you know, putting up his giving hooking up his mistress with a job and, you know, putting her up in a house and having a political person, you know, remodel her kitchen. So this is what we know about Ken Paxton. So, you know, he's he's not a good guy. We've spoken about this before, the, the double standard, the hypocrisy of Republican lawmakers, men in the main, who have this very hardline view. And yet behind the scenes, they're committing all of the atrocities that they claim to be standing up against. Yeah, yeah all the time we see it. Over and over again, you know, we just saw it with the Ziegler's, right? Yeah, you know the, the hypocrisy of being anti-gay while they're hold, while they're carrying on a, a gay relationship. Yeah, the it, it would be so interesting if you could, if there was a machine you could point around Congress and see which were the gay Republican congressmen. The machine would like Bing, straight Bing, gay, because you know well, it can't be that the only outwardly gay congressman just got booted out. Well, he just outed another one. <laughs> oh, did he? Oh, great. He well, Nicole, uh, I think Nicole Meliotakis, he said, was gay. So He's going uh, for it on Instagram, I noticed, yeah. and TikTok and stuff, isn't he? We're talking about George Santos, of course, who, uh, yeah. you know, is, is, is now, the, the, the gloves are off, as it were. Listen, we need to take a quick pause for our sponsor. I want to come back and talk about Donald Trump chickening out of the testimony that he was supposed to give at the um, in the in the New York trial so that to come and a whole lot more here on uncovered next did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality if you wake up too hot or too cold i highly recommend you check out miracle maid's bed sheets inspired by nasa miracle maid uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long using silver infused fabrics inspired by nasa miracle made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get a better night's sleep every night 
These sheets are infused with silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than sheets used by some five-star hotels. Miracle sheets are the perfect gift for your spouse, friends or family. Who doesn't want better sleep and luxurious feeling bedsheets? And since these come with three free towels, you get two gifts in one, just in time for the holidays. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com slash uncovered to try it today or gift it to someone special this holiday season. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Save over 40%. And if you use our promo code uncovered at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash uncovered and use the code uncovered to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. That's trymiracle.com slash uncovered to treat yourself, a friend or a loved one this holiday season. Did you know that poor sleep can cause weight gain, mood issues, poor mental health and lower productivity? Sleep is the foundation of our mental and physical health and performance in our days. Having consistent nighttime routine is non-negotiable. When I don't get enough sleep, trust me, you don't want to be around me the next day. Introducing Beam Dream. You know, we've been raving about Beam Dream powder. They're healthy hot cocoa for sleep. And today, our listeners get a special discount on Beam Dream Powder, their best-selling healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. Now available in delicious flavors like sea salt caramel, cinnamon cocoa, and chocolate peanut butter. Better sleep has never tasted better. Dream contains a powerful all-natural blend of reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, melatonin, and nano-CBD to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. A recent clinical study revealed Dream helped 93% of users wake up feeling more refreshed and 93% reported that Dream helped them get a more restful night's sleep. Just mix Beam Dream into hot water or milk, stir or froth and enjoy before bedtime. I've personally tried Beam Dream and it lived up to the hype. Beam Dream is delicious and just a wonderful nighttime routine. And also, most importantly, it helped me fall asleep and stay asleep. The next day I woke up ready and eager to take on all of life's challenges and tasks. Find out why Forbes and New York Times are all talking about Beam and why it's trusted by the world's top athletes and business professionals. If you want to try Beam's best-selling dream powder, get up to 40% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash uncovered and use code uncovered at checkout. That's shopbeam.com slash uncovered and use code uncovered for up to 40% off. And the links to our sponsors can be found down in the description below us here on YouTube. Um, Ron, I just saw a note that the Dow Jones broke 37,000 for the first time in history. Bidenomics, they say. Pretty good news. Again, more stuff that is happening, that is changing. 11 months is a long time. 
I'm starting to sound, which is unusual for me, quite optimistic. You know, the more the more this crazy stuff happens, like Donald Trump not choosing not to testify when he said he would, the more I think this is just collateral for for Democrats to to win next year. Yeah, I don't think that we've ever the only president that we ever had that um lost election um who where you know all, all the economic indicators were up at the time yeah was gerald ford and and he his problem was he had just pardoned richard nixon number one and number two he he had never actually won a presidential election he was you know nixon's vice president yeah. so he had never actually proven that he could win before that so you know setting gerald ford aside which is an anomaly no president has ever lost when the economy's humming and it does appear that the economy is going to be humming when this election comes along and republicans are trying to find some ways to argue against it and you know they're hammering on the inflation number which is still which is coming down but is still the the main you know thing that people talk about on the street and and that's what they're focused on but yeah, I mean, I, I think even that's going to be and interest rates, you know, have to come down, too. Right. But I think those things are going to happen, you know, by the summer. And uh, it, it's going to be, you know, very much in Joe Biden's favor at that point. Let's uh, have a quick look at one of Trump's lawyers. Alina and, and, well, let me one more thing, by the yes. way. Yes. You know, a big line of Trump's throughout 2021 and 2022 was your 401ks are going right. to be destroyed yeah. because the stock market's going to crash under Joe Biden. Well, yeah. People's 401ks are doing pretty well right now. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. All let's, right. um, not at all. Let's, uh, let's see Alina Hubba as she uh, makes her excuses for Donald Trump. He is so firmly against what is happening in this court and so firmly for the old America that we know, not this America, that he will take that stand on Monday. He will open himself up to whatever they want because he's not afraid. People that are afraid cower. President Trump doesn't cower. We'll be back on Monday. Mm, they weren't back on Monday. He cowered. As I, you know, as I chronicled in a little article this week, Donald Trump has been involved in over 4,100 lawsuits. Yeah. 4,100. That's probably more than you and I, Anthony. So <laughs> that is more than probably anyone in American history. Yeah. So, you know, he he tries to set this narrative with his base that, like, I'm only involved in all these lawsuits now because I'm running for president. When if you look at his life, Donald Trump has been involved in hundreds of lawsuits his entire life. He's had yeah. like 100 lawsuits going on at one time, yeah. his whole for 30 years. So and 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 when I went back and looked at all of them and they're all a variety of different areas, whether it's trademark infringement, his employees suing him, contractors, university, suing him, banks, universe, yeah. you name it. OK, yeah. he's been sued by everybody. Yeah. He has never testified ever okay the only time he testifies is when he has to when he has no choice yeah. but anytime he has a choice he doesn't testify so once again here we go through the he said he was going to testify in the e Jean carroll trial he, he he was over in ireland and he told the irish press he had to leave to fly back to testify in the e Jean carroll trial and he didn't show up for that yeah. so you know the michael cohen case he was supposed to give it. He sued Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen did not sue him. He sued Michael Cohen. And then three days before his deposition, he dismisses the lawsuit because he doesn't want to appear for the deposition. So 
when she came out and gave this statement on Thursday of last week, he's going to be there and testify. And I was very skeptical because he has never testified voluntarily. And sure enough, what do, what, what do we know? Sunday night, he puts out a tweet. I'm not testifying because it's all rigged. Yeah, there it is. I wanted to testify on Monday, despite the fact that I already testified successfully, answering all questions having to do with the fake no victims, no jury lawsuit thrown at me by corrupt racist AG Letitia James and presided over by a Trump-hating judge who suffers from a massive case of Trump derangement syndrome and is a puppet of the crooked AG. Anyway, the judge, Arthur Ngoran, put a gag order on me, even when I testify, totally taking away my constitutional right to defend myself. We are appealing, but how would you like a witness and not be allowed free SND honest speech? The trial is rigged. I did nothing wrong. There you go. I don't enjoy reading out his words because they're so badly written and they don't make any sense. But yeah, I mean, it was all pretty clear as to how it was going to go. So what happened in the, in the, at the 11th hour? He was never going to testify, right? Which, but he hung out Alina there. You know, he, he well, it's the same thing with the Capitol. I'm going to go down there with you to yeah. the Capitol on January 6th, and then he doesn't. You know, yeah. it's uh, he always well, he's, a con, he's a con man, so he's, he he's always conning everybody. Game. Yeah, yeah, he's always he's always claiming he's going to do stuff, and then he doesn't do it. And you have to wonder, like, even for the cultists, like, it's got to sink into some of them at some point, yeah. like. And it has, you know, we we've seen the ones that are broken off to support DeSantis. They all pretty much say the same thing. It's like we're not fooled by the con anymore. Right. But the question is, you know, once DeSantis is out, what are they going to do? Are they going to run right back to Trump? Yeah, Um, because they're not saying very nice things about him now. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, he's just he's a fraud. He's a con man and he's a liar. And he just keeps getting on tape lying over and over again. And, you know, I, I think it, he, his base is, is getting chipped away. I mean, where's the health care plan that he promised in two weeks? That's I mean, another thing. Started talking about that again. You know, it's, it's, it is insane. And, and as you say, because I think I've made this point before, is that, you know, I trust that people do have natural instinct, you know, and I, I don't think there's a huge difference between Republicans and Democrats. It's just the natural tribalism and it's the exposure to different media and, and ecosystems. And yet there must come a point where someone's internal radar goes off and goes, well, he's been saying this stuff for years and yet it's never materialized. Well, you know, the, this NFT card thing that we're going to we're going to talk yeah. about, too, you know, it was they're disgusted by that. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't find you can find very, very few MAGA people who look at that thing and go and try and defend it because they don't try and defend it. It was radio. Even Don Jr. didn't say a word about it. They're embarrassed. But, you know, Donald Trump is shameless when it comes to grifting and and, and huckstering and making money. He doesn't care. I mean, he's utterly shameless and he's betting on the fact that his base will just excuse it all and fall for it. And mostly they do. I'll show that clip now of him selling these new trading cards and uh, see if you feel inclined to buy. 47 all new stunning cards and here is the best part. I'm doing two important things for my Trump collectors. For the first time, we're creating a real physical Trump card. Purchase 47 digital cards and we'll mail you a beautiful trading card. It is an authentic piece of the suit I wore when I took that now famous mugshot and it was a great suit. Believe me, a really good suit. 
It's all cut up, and you're going to get a piece of it. I'll be autographing some of them. A true collector's item. This is something to give to your family, to your kids and your grandchildren. With the purchase of 47 of the Trump digital trading cards, you will also be invited to join me for a gala dinner at my beautiful Mar-a-Lago, my home in Florida. You've perhaps heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of it. You reckon it's worth over $2 billion. (laughs) I mean, this is so offensive. And to anybody, no matter on what side of politics you are, the idea that an individual who has their mugshot taken thinks that people are going to want to buy a piece of the fabric of the horrific suits from the 1980s that he wears... it's almost like he has exposed his own grift with the insanity of this particular offering. He just keeps rat. I mean, the first, the first series, this is the series three. Yeah. You know, when he first put these out, you know, they were all mortified on the right. His supporters were all just like, this is, what is he doing? This is making us look like clowns. Uh, This is really, you know, one where Trump has always had pretty good instincts about like where, how far to go and where to stop, you know, with alienating his base on the vaccines. We've seen that on abortion. We've seen that where he'll walk right up to the line, but not go over it. Yeah. But he doesn't have a good feel, I don't think, for for the backlash on this because they're not happy about this. uh, His own people. uh, And they're not they're not trying to defend any of it. And and Biden absolutely has to use this in ads because, I mean, the idea, the average, I think the average voter who's not like really wired into politics has no clue that this is happening right now. But the idea that he's cutting up his suit that he wore when he was arrested and selling it, not only sell, selling it to people who buy all the cards, which is basically if you spend like five thousand dollars right. on these worthless bullshit digital cards that. You're going to get a piece of his suit, which which, by the way, we know he didn't cut up a suit. You know, this is just like random fabric that they're (laughs) going to stick in an envelope. Right. This is this is a scam like everything. Every time he does these prizes where you supposedly win a dinner with him or win something, nobody ever wins these prizes. Okay, (laughs) it's all a scam. Right. I I, when you put that tweet out about uh, about it, I, I said that this fabric would be like the equivalent of the Shroud of Turin, although, although more like the, the Shroud of West Palm Beach. What I mean, one of my followers is... was talking about back in the medieval times where they used to sell all these, like, this is a piece of the true cross, right. or right. this is a vial with the blood of Jesus in yeah. it. You know, that's, that's what, what made me doing. think of it, because of this Jesus complex and this Messiah complex, you know, and, and he's kind of playing into it. And it obviously has gone to his head to the point that he thinks that, you know, he'll be giving away fingernails or bits of his veneers or something, you know. Lock of his hair. <laughs> well, that might be worth something, right? I, I, I might be I might be down for a little of that. But part um, of it, I think, is his desperation for money, too. Yes. You know, he's, his well, he's hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging money. money. Yeah. I mean, his law, he's got so many lawyers working on so many cases, and they're not taking IOUs anymore. There's, they're there's getting no their problem. money up. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So he's, he needs money. It's so interesting. I was I was talking to somebody earlier who said that whenever they are around MAGA people, they live in Florida, whenever they're in Ma- around MAGA people and the conversation kind of drifts over to Donald Trump, he just comes out and he says, look, you know, I think you guys might need to give him a bit more money because, you know, he, he really needs it right now. And apparently it shuts the conversation down dead. 
this is the grift, isn't it? That because it was always a grift that he was a billionaire. Right? right. This guy has all you know has has been through multiple bankruptcies. This guy has, you know, obviously inherited a huge amount of money, but he ultimately is a failure of a businessman. You know, anybody can stick their name on top of a building and claim it's it's the tallest and the biggest and the most expensive and everything else. But for him, it's all fabrication. It's all fronting. It's all a veneer. And, and you know, I think as time goes on, people are starting to realize that he's not the genius business operator that he claims to be just because he leased an old 757 and painted it with his name on it you know again it's just for show financially he was going completely underwater when he got the apprentice gig right you know and the apprentice gig absolutely bailed him out it allowed it bailed out his brand it bailed out his other businesses the money he got from that uh creating this fake facade that he was a billionaire when he was he was broke at that time yeah and 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 then when that went away he got politics to make money. He, he makes money off politics now. You, you know, that's where all his money comes from. So, yeah, I mean, it's the idea that he's making all this money off like golf courses or casinos. You know, he's not. But it's the greed that will be his downfall. And, you know, as as the uh, scholars always say, you know, a strong man always falls. He will fall, in my view, of his own making. It'll be one greedy step too far, you know. Whether it be a lock of his hair, I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> he's he's teetering on the edge. The The conversation about, you know, his dictatorship, where he admitted that he would be a dictator on day one, and, and people pretty much understood that, that, you know, the rest of the sentence was irrelevant because he was admitting to being a dictator for 24 hours, which is 24 hours too much. So this conversation about him being an authoritarian, obviously a lot of the surrogates are trying to walk that back and have their own version of this. And in fact, it was the uh, Republican representative, Michael McCall of Texas, who was uh, filmed basically just making yet another excuse for him. Let's uh, take a look and see how he kind of presented the argument that actually Donald Trump is just joking about being a dictator. It's entertainment. You know, we've been around uh, him long enough. It's entertaining i think it was a joke (laughs) i think that's probably just fairly uh kind of uh typical trump rhetoric we all know trump uh uses uh unique expressions when he explains things sometimes a little baby will will spout off all sorts of words that you don't take them either literally or seriously and that's a bit of what we're seeing i think from president trump and his campaign right now i mean mitt romney should know better than to start defending this guy who he basically is, you know, leaving the Senate for. These um, Republican senators are out of touch with what has happened. They're they're basing what they're saying off 2016 to 2020 version of Donald Trump. Right. Where, you know, he would say all this crazy stuff and then people would talk him down, walk him off the ledge and he would yeah. back off. OK, so. They're basing what they're saying right there on that. Now, I don't know if they have been paying much attention to what Donald Trump has been doing and saying for the last three years. Yeah. But it's very, very different than what he said the four years before that. He was bad enough before. Yeah. But, you know, if you pay attention to what he's saying now, you would not say what those senators just said. You would not say it. 
And, you know, the question by Hannity was a dumb question. And, you know, I hope if Trump ever submits to like another legitimate interview with somebody from the real press, they won't ask that question that way. Yeah. You don't say, are you going to be a dictator? Are you going to be autocrat? You say, you play the clip of him saying he's going to, you know, round up all the homeless person yeah. people and put them in internment camps. You you play the clip of him saying that he's going to seize the university endowments. Uh, Poisoning you know, the blood the of our country or calling people yes. vermin. And you ask him to explain. You don't say, you don't, you don't ask the question, are you a racist? The person's always going to say no. You point out all the racist stuff that they've done and said. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Trump is is very different today than he was in 2020. And I follow this guy closer than anybody. Yeah, He's a very different person. He has completely come unglued. He's come unraveled. He's he's losing his mind. And he's getting very, very dangerous. And, yeah. and we know that when he goes back in there, if he does, he is not going to bring with him the people that are going to say no. And 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 these senators just aren't getting that. They're not they're not getting that vibe or they're just like in a state of denial. Listen to the political historians and the political scientists. Listen to the people that write about dictators and the rise of authoritarianism. The people that are sounding the alarm more than ever right now because, you know, this is a moment in history, Ron, where if you and I had a time machine and could go back to 1929, you know, or, or 1933, and, and just see how things were changing in Germany, for example, like where we had the opportunity to ring a bell with the benefit of our knowledge from the future. We, we have that knowledge. We have history to look back to. And yet the blindness, it's so frustrating. It, it, it's like, it really is like Turkey's voting for Thanksgiving. I mean, like, you're going to lose everything you ever held dear in terms of your freedom, your right to vote, your the right to marry who you want to marry and love who you love. Like, it's all going to go. Because, you know, they're very good at packaging in in their media world a different reality and presenting that different alternative reality yeah. to voters and to people, you know, and and they're going to focus on the border and they're going to show migrants coming across the border, which they do every day on Fox, you know, by the thousands. Um, and they're going to focus on crime and, you know, inflation. They're going to find their hot button issues to to poke people with and you and, you know, Biden's age and all of that. And, and they're just going to hope that, you know, they can distract voters with those things. Instead of the one big thing, which is, you know, what you said, the, the the looming threat of our first real person who aspires to be an autocrat. And and freedom has always been the, the message of the right. Freedom in a very kind of brave heart fashion. And yet so much of this new language, the Project 2025 and everything that goes with it, is the is the very opposite of of freedom and it, and it's complex and it's nuanced and it requires people to be engaged and to really think about what they have to lose and you know i know you talk about the low information voter i i fear that they're the ones that will suffer the most you know the the republican concept of freedom and rights 
was perfectly illustrated in the last few days by this satanic temple display in the Iowa Capitol, which yeah. is, you know, they they wanted to have most capitals don't have religious displays, right? But you know, Iowa they wanted their they wanted their Christmas and their Christian displays in their capital. Okay, fine. But when you do that under the First Amendment, you have to open it up to all religions. And the Satanic Temple happens to be a tax tax exempt by the Trump administration religion. Okay, certified tax exempt in 2019 by Trump's IRS. And so what did they do? They set up a Christmas, you know, a satanic temple display in the in the Iowa State Capitol. And now they're all going nuts. I mean, because they, they want it removed. Well, you know, they they believe in religious freedom, but what's underlying that is Christian religious freedom. They want freedom for what they want to do and what they like but not what other people want to do. Yeah. You know, so that's their notion of freedom. But but didn't Trump say in, in that, uh, where was he, in Iowa at a, at a rally recently where he said, you know, they if they hate our religion, and it was like, our religion? Like, what what is that? He was talking about immigrants. If they hate our religion. He basically threw his cards on the table and said, you know, America is a is a Christian country and no other religion is acceptable. That that's what they all believe. Yeah. Whether they will say that out loud all the time. Well, they're saying it out loud a hell of a lot more than they did a few years ago. Right. Uh, let's talk about uh, Ron DeSantis and uh, his new plan because of his like failing campaign to almost bring in voters from other states. Here's the clip. We have a huge coalition across the United States of America of mothers and grandmoms. When the governor was reelected, uh, we had a coalition of 1.1 million mothers and grandmoms in the state of Florida. That was the largest that had ever been done in the, the history of our state and probably, I would argue, across yeah. the nation. We're asking all of these moms and grandmoms to come from wherever it might be, North Carolina, South Carolina, and to descend upon the state of Iowa to be a part of the caucus because you do not have to be a resident of Iowa to be able to participate in the caucus. So moms and grandmoms are going to be able to come and be a part and let their voice be heard in support of Ron. As a resident of Florida, I think you're best placed to explain this nonsense. You know, watching the interviewer's face, she was like, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, you know, every time that Casey decides to take over for Ron and do all the talking, it, it doesn't really go that well. Yeah. You know, but they're both under the delusion, I think, that she's really good at this and she's really not. Well, she's and, a former uh, news anchor, isn't she? She so she yeah. has the gift of the gab. She has the ability to talk on camera down the lens, all the stuff that Ron's not very good at. Yeah. And we have we have always been very suspicious here in Florida because of this issue, because in Florida we have what are called snowbirds, you know, and we have a, a very large percentage of our residents here live here half the year and live up north half the year. Right. The question is, where do they vote? You know, and in theory, you know, you're only supposed to vote in one state. But the problem with our country is, you know, the, the elections offices aren't really wired in very well between states. And so if at all. And so it it is it is you are able to get away with, in many cases, voting twice voting in Ohio at your residence there and then coming down to Florida and voting here. And and I know Democrats have always been suspicious that this is a Republican thing. And so here you have her telling people from other states to come to Iowa. Now, the word she used was participate in the caucus. Now, 
Donald Trump, the Trump campaign, myself, we all went nuts saying she's telling people to come and vote in the caucus. And and the Iowa Republican Party had to issue a statement hours later saying you cannot vote in our caucus. So the DeSantis campaign then tries to walk it back and clean it up and say, whoa, what she really meant was you just come there and basically cheer on Iowans as they're voting. <laughs> you know, you're going to come to Florida from Florida. This is what Casey says. Come to Florida from come to Iowa from Florida. You can't vote, but you can just cheer on Iowans as they're voting. I mean, how ridiculous is that? So I don't know. I don't know what she meant to say, but this was a this was a huge mistake on her part, especially considering how sensitive Republicans are about election fraud and election integrity. So for her to say this was really a huge mistake. Well, it's desperation, isn't it? I mean, they're at a point now where they know that the campaign is is collapsing. And we've always said that the Ron DeSantis movement is designed to be there as a default in case Donald Trump, his campaign collapses because of his 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 uh, lawsuits and if he ends up having to withdraw because of his lawsuits. So DeSantis wants to be that kind of, you know, the, 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 the primary will, will default to, to Ron DeSantis. But that's only going to work if you're a decent candidate and you've got to, you know, you're, you're singing from the same hymn sheet. You know, that's why he was like Trump light to, to offer the the alternative. And, you know, Nikki Haley surging has got yeah. him freaked out. Yeah. And a lot of money is going over to her. So his campaign is is really over. He He's he's going under. Um, it, it's just he, it's just how how quickly and how ugly is it going to be his, is going to be his exit. He's going to exit gracefully. Or is he going to exit in a messy way? And it looks like he's going to exit in a messy way. Well, not in those boots is he going to exit gracefully with the with the turned up toes. So that that clip of him leaving the stage from the debate the other night during a break or something, he's like desperately trying to stay upright with his little hooves on. I mean, I'm not normally one to kind of go down the physicality route, but it is laughable that he is denying that he's wearing lifts in those cowboy boots. <laughs> I know. I love making fun of stuff like that. So for you to do it, it, I know. it tells you that it has to be bad. Well, the way, the way I've kind of come to terms with it is it's just the cowboy boots. It's not him. <laughs> it's the boots. <laughs> That's how I'm dealing with it. Okay, let's let's talk uh, briefly about uh, J.D. Vance. He, he was quoted mm. as saying that uh, Washington people are talking about cutting Social Security to give money to Ukraine or something. Should we... You can explain it. Let's have a look at this short clip. You have people in this town saying we need to cut Social Security. There are people who would cut Social Security, throw our grandparents into poverty. Why? So that one of Zelensky's ministers can buy a bigger yacht? Kiss my ass, Steve. It's not happening. What a lovely way for people to behave. Uh, what's he talking about, Ron? J.D. Vance is a bad guy. He's he's not he's not arguing this in good faith. OK, he is pro-Putin. He's pro-Russia, and he has gone after me for accusing him of that, you know, but uh, I challenged him. I said, okay, show me if you, if you claim, you know, he claims I'm just doing this because I care about America and I want to have our money stay in America. And I said, okay, that's a, that's a good faith, legitimate argument to make. If you want to make that argument that we have other priorities here that are more important, we can have that debate. If you come to the table with good faith, in other words, if you're not pro-Russia, if you're just saying I'm doing it because I'm pro-America and I'm a fiscal conservative, we can have those debates. 
JD is not that person. JD is pro Russia. And what I what I have said to him is point to me one thing you've ever posted on social media or written or said publicly that was critical of Russia or Putin. Nothing. You can you can find thousands of things he said against Zelensky in Ukraine. You cannot find a word he's ever said bad about Putin. You know, go up to somebody like him and say, give us your take on what is happening to Alexei Navalny and he'll run away from you. Yeah. You know, so this is a terrible person. He's not arguing his position in good faith. And you see it right there for him to claim that people he, first, he said people in D.C. want to take away Social Security and give it to Zelensky and the other right-wing conspiracy is that all of our aid money is going to enrich Zelensky's cronies and they've got million-dollar houses and yachts all over the world. So he kind of put together multiple Vladimir Putin propaganda. Cons- and that stuff all comes from the Kremlin. All of everything he's saying comes directly from the Kremlin's messaging yeah. uh, for American politicians to use. So then when 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 somebody asked him, well, who exactly is is wanting to cut Social Security? What is the example he gives? Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley, who's not in Congress, not in government, and is a Republican. That's his example yeah. of who supposedly wants to do this. Yeah. He is a fraud. He's scum. And, I, and I'll point out one, one other thing. He was dead to rights in, in, the, in the Ohio Senate primary. He was polling third or fourth. He was polling at like 12%. He had compared Donald Trump to Hitler in the past. He always disliked Trump. But he he was dead in the water. So what does he do? Kisses Trump's ass. Trump endorsed him and he wins. So he's only in the Senate for Donald Trump. He would have come in third at best in his race. And he knows that. And he's he's somebody who understands Donald Trump made me and Donald Trump can break me. And so I'm going to kiss Donald Trump's ass. And that also includes kissing Vladimir Putin's ass. There's been some very powerful journalism recently. I read a couple of pieces in the Atlantic, I think one of them about how the Republicans are doing Vladimir Putin's bidding and and how, you know, the more you read into it, if you have the time, I really recommend it, you know, and I've tweeted a bunch of articles about it, how, how you know, Putin is, who's just announced he's going to stay on another six years, you know, and do a sham vote and everything else, that, that the Republicans are playing into his hands. And, you know, for all of Trump's Russia, Russia, Russia denial, the evidence is clear because here we are all these years later from the from the Mueller report. And it's like it's still the same story with these people. Yeah. I mean, Vladimir Putin, if he ever leaves office, he'll be killed. And he understand he can't ever leave and and live. He'll be killed within six months of leaving his job. So. He understands that he's going to stay until he dies. And and you know what? That's Donald Trump's plan, too. Terrifying. Uh, OK, finally, we need to talk about uh, Elon Musk reinstating Alex Jones onto Twitter. I'm refusing to call it X, by the way. It's just it's too, too silly. I don't either. So, right. So it's 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 Twitter. Alex Jones, of course, who, you know, made up a whole story about Sandy Hook originally it was Elon Musk's position, and I'll show the tweet that you posted about him. You said, this is what Musk said when he was f- well, first asked to reinstate Alex Jones, but now he's changed his mind. So this is back in uh, November 2022. 
So, just over a year ago. My firstborn child died in my arms. I felt his last heartbeat. I have no mercy for anyone who would use the deaths of children for gain, politics or fame. Those were the words of Elon Musk. Why has he changed his story? So when I posted that, I messaged the Midas boys and I said, watch my follower count because <laughs> Elon Musk is going to whack me again because yeah. he's done it many times to me. Um, literally two hours later, 2000 followers, just like that, come right off the top. And, you know, what they do is they unfollow people from you. Um, yeah. and, and that's that's just I don't know what they're doing, what 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 button they push, but they do that like every time I post an anti Musk tweet. It happens every time. So uh, it comes with the territory. So I remembered that very well because when he was letting all the right wingers back on a year ago when he first bought the platform, the one exception he made was Alex Jones. He would mm -hmm. not let Alex Jones back on. And right wingers kept bugging him. We want Alex. We want Alex back because they love Alex. And then finally he, he posted that. He said, look, you know, and first of all, his claim that, you know, his son died in his arms is a lie. Because his ex-wife, the mother of that child, said that did not happen. The child died in my arms, not his. So that's a lie. Uh, but even so, you know, he uses that as an ex as his excuse. But then what happens? You know what happened? Tucker Carlson happened. Right. He's be developed a close friendship with Tucker Carlson. Yeah. And Tucker is tight with Alex, has been tight with Alex for a long. People don't know that. Tucker and Alex have been friends for a long time. And Tucker has even said that Alex has been a huge influence on him. Um, and so Tucker talked to Elon and that's why Elon's back. It's simple. It's, I mean, uh, Alex is back. It's simple as that, but you know, at a time when you're losing advertisers and you're trying to get them to come back, now you let this guy back on, you know, it's almost like he, he wants to destroy the platform. Well, he has destroyed it. You know, it's like it doesn't need to shut down for it to be destroyed. It, it became destroyed the moment that the, you know, the the the, the rhetoric changed and the the, the position that that kind of a moral compass disappeared from from Twitter. And uh, when the CEO is is sharing anti-Semitic uh, messaging, then you know, it, it's it's too late, right? It's like any normal company damage limitation, they would have fired the CEO. But follow me on threads, right? Follow me on threads too. <laughs> You're on it's, threads too, right? <laughs> I started on threads. You said you weren't going on threads. Then, I, then you I, go I on threads. I did, and, I'm, I'm and then you get like fifty thousand followers, and I'm still Great. stuck at two thousand. What's going on? <laughs> we'll we'll work on that. I think you got friends in high places. That's what. It is. <laughs> All right, listen. We need to finish, but I'm thrilled to uh, spend Wednesday with you. We'll spend next Wednesday together as well. Um, don't forget, you can download this show as an audio podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can rewind straight away and watch it again at your leisure. Please share it, like, and subscribe to the Midas Touch YouTube channel. And don't forget our sponsors who are listed down in the description as well. Ron, have a great week. Same to you.